internet. Bienvenido a la teoría del cine. In case you haven't figured it out, today we're heading out into the jungle and talking about the Nickelodeon classic, Dora the Explorer. For those of you who haven't seen it, the show is all about a girl named Dora and her monkey friend Boots. Dora's trying to get somewhere in every episode and the viewer has to help Dora by screaming at the television in both English and Spanish, because let's face it, she never sees anything. Do you see the bananas? It is right there, Dora. Right there! Are you even trying? Just turn around! The twist is that the whole show's presented as an old-school educational point-and-click video game. Kind of like Putt-Putt or Pajama Sam. Though, looking at the animation here, it looks a bit closer to those old, awful Zelda CDI games. But of course, it couldn't be a video game without some sort of obstacle in the player's way. Other than simple puzzle solving, the main thing that keeps Dora and Boots from proceeding is a fox named Swiper, so named because he likes stealing their stuff. That sneaky fox is always trying to swipe our stuff. And just like everything else in the show, Dora doesn't ever see Swiper coming. So we, the viewer, are left screaming at our TVs whenever Swiper shows up like Walter yelling at Jesse. Thankfully, stopping Swiper in his tracks is super easy. All Dora, Boots, and the viewer have to do is politely ask him to stop three times. Swiper, no swiping! Swiper, no swiping! Swiper, no swiping! Oh, man! Yep, Swiper just snaps his fingers and gives up. Kind of like he's thinking, well, what else am I gonna do? They asked me to stop after all. But something about Swiper that's always bothered me is that this strategy actually works. Without fail, just standing there and repeating Swiper, no swiping a few times gets him to stop and just go away. It is strange, especially if this is a video game. Even if we assume that the viewer is supposed to be playing the Dora game and also telling Swiper to scram, that's not really a game mechanic that I've seen before. And believe me, I have seen a lot of game mechanics through my years, theorizing over at our sister location, Game Theory. You see, loyal theorists, I believe that there's a dark secret hidden under Swiper's adorable little thief mask. Like, why does that fox need to remain anonymous? Who is going to recognize one specific fox? Ho oh, ho, we aren't dealing with just one specific fox here, or even a cute anthropomorphized video game one either. No, despite Dora the Explorer appearing to be a harmless educational kid show on the surface, its mischievous fox villain is actually a demonic spirit from H-E double hockey sticks. What's more, Dora's swiper no swiping chant is her desperate attempt to ward him off. But sadly, swipers trapped Dora in a fate worse than death. Oh yeah, it's gonna be one of those episodes, friends. Can you say secret dark lore? Great, then let's jump to it. To begin, why would I possibly think that Swiper could potentially be a demon? Well, first off, foxes are often depicted as spirits by cultures all over the world. In West Africa, the Dogon people believe that their trickster god is a pale fox. Japanese legend tells of shape-shifting fox spirits called Kitsune. In classic Greek mythology, the god of wine and fertility Dionysus often sends a giant fox to devour the children of Thebes. Seems a bit extra for a god of wine and fertility. But then I saw that Dionysus was also the god of insanity, so yeah, it checks out. Anyway, you get the idea. Foxes are commonly associated with magic and all sorts of folklore, but still, why would I possibly think that could apply to Swiper in this particular instance? Well, Swiper's depiction in the show lines up real well with two types of evil fox spirits in particular, both of which Dora would be aware of based on where the character comes from. While we can't be sure exactly where Dora originates, we can get a pretty good idea thanks to how she was designed. According to Nickelodeon, they didn't want Dora to be from 
from any specific country because they wanted all Latino children to be able to see themselves within the character. So instead, Dora was developed to be Pan-Latina, representative of the diversity of Latino cultures across Latin America. And wouldn't you know it, but several Native American and Central American cultures have foxes featured prominently in their folklore, mostly as tricksters, thieves, and bad omens. In one very specific example, the Zotzil Mayan people of what's now modern-day Mexico saw the fox as a very evil animal. So, since Dora is meant to be a mishmash of all those varied Latino cultures, she'd likely be aware of these sorts of stories. Additionally, since we know that Dora was created to represent the entire region of Latin America, we can look at the breakdown of religious affiliation across the region and see that 90% of Latin Americans are Christian, with 69% of them being Catholic. So Dora would likely also be familiar with how Christianity, and specifically the Catholic Church, has viewed foxes in the past. And, uh, let's just say that Catholicism has not been kind to these critters. In fact, one of the most famous Catholic depictions of foxes has them literally stealing important items. I suppose you could say that they were swiping them. In the 8th century, author Rudolf of Fulda wrote the book Life of Leoba, chronicling the Roman Catholic saint Nun Leoba. The book tells of a nun who once lost the keys to her chapel. Convinced that the lost keys were the work of the devil, the chapel nuns gathered in another building and chanted prayers for their return. Soon after, a fox was found dead outside the front gate of the church, with the keys in its mouth. A fox with stolen keys, you say? Seems familiar. Life or no? Swiping. You're too late! Yep, literally in the first episode of the first season of Dora the Explorer, Swiper steals keys. It's one of the very first things that we see this character do. If that wasn't intentional, well, it is certainly one heck of a coincidence. And that's not all. Apparently, old-school Christianity saw foxes as even worse than simple thieves. We know this thanks to a 13th century book called The Bestiary, which was basically like a strategy guide for medieval knights to know which animals were gonna give them the most experience points. Christians of the era saw many animals as representative of moral ideals or failures, and the bestiary was a collection of this sort of knowledge. Cranes, for instance, represented guardians that brought physical goods to the needy. You wanna take a guess as to what foxes represented? Literally, the devil. Yep, just under very helpful tips like the fox being a deceitful animal that never runs in a straight line, the bestiary tells us that foxes represent demons that trick and harm those who have wavered in their faith. Basically, there are huge parts of Dora's likely upbringing that would have been telling her that Swiper isn't just a sneaky fox trying to steal her stuff. He's a demonic spirit. Perhaps even the devil himself come to haunt her as she goes about on her adventures. Which makes it interesting to see what Dora does when she and Boots confront Swiper in the show. Swiper, no swiping! Swiper, no swiping! Swiper, no swiping! If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Dora and Boots, and the viewer, if you choose to participate, extend a handout and chant the words, Swiper No Swiping. You want to know what that resembles? An exorcism. Now, before you rush down to the comments and say, Matt Pat, that is a bit of a stretch. 
trust me, I know, it is. But for as ridiculous as it sounds, what Dora's doing here is an exact description of some types of exorcisms. First of all, according to Of Exorcisms and Certain Supplications, which was written by the Vatican and approved by the Pope, exorcists are instructed to extend their hands out towards the possessed person or demon during the ritual. From there, they're told to use a spiritual incantation, basically chanting a rhythmic word or phrase over and over to force the spirits to behave. Finally, using Swiper's name is also a practice specifically used in exorcisms. According to Cesar Truqui, an exorcist for the Catholic Church of Switzerland, quote, naming something or knowing its name means having power over that thing. So by specifically calling out Swiper, Dora is giving herself power over him. And most importantly of all, like I mentioned earlier, this actually works for some reason. It always gets Swiper to go away. Okay, so that's a lot of evidence pointing to Swiper being some sort of demonic spirit, but why? What does it matter if Swiper is some sort of supernatural otherworldly entity if it's all happening inside of a video game? The whole exorcism chanting as a game mechanic still doesn't make a ton of sense, and something like just getting the player to click on Swiper to stop him would work a lot better. And it's not like we see a mic setup on the computer inside the show. The vocal input of the player saying Swiper no swiping just wouldn't work with what we've seen. All around, this chanting mechanic just seems like a weird thing to program into your game. Unless, of course, it wasn't programmed. And Swiper is an actual, literal spirit that's possessing the computer. Then it all starts to make sense. The chanting, the lack of a microphone to hear that chanting, and the chanting working to scare Swiper away. But then all of this raises a whole bunch of other questions, like why would Swiper be bothering us if he's actually a spirit? I'm sure a trickster demon would have better things to do than make it a bit harder for a kid playing a point-and-click adventure game to beat a level, right? Well, what if it's not us, the viewer, that Swiper's trying to mess with? What if his target is actually Dora? Now, that wouldn't make a ton of sense if she were just some character in a video game, but I don't think she is just some character in a video game. I suspect that Dora is actually a real person, someone who is sucked into the video game, trapped by Swiper as he torments her over and over again, episode after episode after episode. At first blush, that might seem ridiculous, but the evidence is actually there when you look. Right from the very beginning of each episode, in the intro, we see clues that Dora might not actually be a part of the game. In the first few seasons, Dora the Explorer opens with a brief live-action segment, entering a house, walking up to a computer, and starting to play the Dora the Explorer game. But something seems off when you actually think about what's inside of this room. Sure, you have a lot of stuff that you'd expect. Some sports balls, a teddy bear, a chain of those paper rings that everyone makes in elementary school, and at the desk, we can see figurines of both Swiper and Boots, the main animal characters from the game. So we know that this Dora the Explorer game exists in the world enough so that there's merch to buy. But you ever notice what isn't in the room? Merch of Dora herself. You know, the flagship character of both the game and this show all about playing that game. The only thing that even comes close to resembling Dora in the room is this child's drawing that, I guess, kind of resembles her? Either way, it seems strange that whomever lives here is a big enough fan of Dora to leave it running on their computer so they can decide to run into the room and play it at any moment, but then to not have any merch of the main character. Speaking of, that is also a weird detail here, right? No one in the room? It's deserted, and yet the computer was left on with the Dora game booted up, ready to play? What if what we're walking into with the intro here is the direct aftermath of Dora being sucked into the computer, forced to play the game in person for the amusement of a certain little fox demon? Now, those details about the intro might seem circumstantial on their own, but the weirdness only continues when you start to consider the ending credits. Early on in the history of the show, a lot of Dora the Explorer's endings featured small little mini-games while the credits rolled. The most common of these was Character Find, which is pretty much exactly what it says on the tin. A list of characters would pop up, and the computer cursor 
cursor would pick one, and then they would hide, poking their head out as the cursor tried to find them. Now, the characters that pop up for this are largely what you'd expect. Main characters like Boots and Swiper, recurring characters like Benny and Map, even characters who only guest star, like Wizzle. And yet, across the 88 times that this minigame pops up, can you guess who isn't chosen? Dora. Despite supposedly being the starring character in the game, she's not chosen once for the character find minigame. Heck, though she appears on the logo for the select screen, I think you could argue that she was never even an option to begin with. And it's not like the character find is against choosing human characters either. It had no problem choosing Santa Claus in the episode where he guest starred. Freaking Santa Claus was chosen before Dora. It's a strange decision that starts to make sense when you consider that Dora isn't a character inside the game. She was never chosen because she shouldn't exist in this world. The game wasn't programmed to have her selectable as an option. But wait, I hear you saying, what about that live-action Dora movie that came out a few years ago, Dora and the Lost City of Gold? It was way better than it had any right to be. And correct you are, random commenter, it was really solid. But I understand what you're trying to get at here. The beginning of Dora and the Lost City of Gold really frames a lot of the fantastical adventure Dora goes on as just happening inside of her head. So that means that our demon spirit fox in a video game theory can't be right. Right? Wrong. Go watch that movie again, because if anything, it solidifies that Dora is a real person trapped inside of a video game. Right near the beginning, Dora straight up breaks the fourth wall, saying, Can you say delicioso? Yeah, Dora can clearly see us, the audience, and yet no one else can. She is aware that she's in a game, despite everyone else trying to convince her that she's not. Almost like it's a fox demon gaslighting her. She she'll grow out of it. Monkeys can't swing and climb and talk to us. No, they can't. Boots isn't talking to you. Oh, but he can. You're not a kid, but you're not a grown-up either, Dora. Anything is possible. And he's not the only animal who does either. Swiper's in this movie tormenting Dora and her friends, and guess what? He can talk too. Swiper at the ready. Swiper, yes, Swiper. <laughs> Make no mistake, this movie is still existing inside the realm of the Dora video game. I mean, there are a ton of video game elements here. I'm a talking backpack, and I'm a map with a mouth. Yeah, and that bag holds way more stuff than it should. A generator, a radio, food supplies, a hammock, a giant knife, to the point that this thing has to be bigger on the inside than the outside, just like a video game inventory. And it's not just cool video gamey items either. Multiple times throughout the film, Dora does stuff that should get a normal person killed, like jumping into a ravine with minimal injuries, or sliding under a plane's moving propeller blade, or rolling down a hill inside of a tree trunk. She also solves puzzles in order to progress and disarms booby traps in order to get treasure. The gang even takes part in what basically amounts to some quick time events to avoid spikes. I thought it was just a video game thing. You're right, forgettable side character. It's just the video game from Dora's perspective, inside the computer. And we're just seeing everything through her eyes. That's why everything looks so realistic. And the extra bit of proof, the cherry on top, the final nail in the coffin, there's a moment where the illusion completely shatters. About halfway through the movie, Dora and her friends stumble upon a field of flowers that spray hallucinogenic spores in their face, beginning a sequence that's done in the style of a classic Dora cartoon. And during this sequence, she straight up jumps off a cliff and then reappears again at the very top, just like she respawned after dying. This, my friends, is the mask slipping from the demonic computer program, revealing to Dora what's really going on here. She is a real person trapped in an old point-and-click video game. Really, we should have known something was fishy from the movie right at the beginning. What do we see right at the beginning of Dora and the Lost City of Gold? Fox propaganda. Swiper trying 
trying to gaslight us. The audience, just like he's gaslighting her. Literally the first thing that happens in the movie is a helpful, totally true PSA from the Fox Council of the Americas, which tells us this. Everything you're about to see is true, except that foxes don't swipe. That is a hurtful stereotype. Oh yeah? Well, I'd say that trapping a kid inside of a video game and tormenting her for years is just a wee bit more hurtful, Swiper. But hey, that's just a theory. A film theory. And cut.